Children with medical complexity are children who have multiple significant chronic health problems. These issues usually affect more than one organ system. Leading to a variety of functional limitations. Impaired mobility, unable to eat by mouth, communication impairment, and limitations in the way they're able to interact with their environment. Creating challenges for healthcare providers and parents. Just making sure that everybody is working from the same plan and has the same information is really a hard thing. And later, discover a mother's powerful memoir on raising a child with medical complexity. People write memoirs to not only share their story, but to help impact other people. Hear pediatric and parental perspectives on children with medical complexity inside this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Welcome to CTSI Discovery Radio. I'm your host, Brian Belmer. CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Children's Wisconsin, Freighter's Hospital, Versity, Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Zablocki VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all of our member institutions. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. When a child is born with serious, chronic health conditions impacting two or more body systems, they may be classified as having medical complexity. While they account for less than 1% of all children born in the U.S., children with medical complexity typically require significant, coordinated, comprehensive, specialized care through team-based collaboration. Today, we discover some of the challenges faced by children with medical complexity, as well as challenges faced by healthcare providers, parents, and families providing the lifelong care these children require. Dr. K. Jane Lee is an associate professor, Department of Pediatrics, Division of Complex Care, and Bioethics and Medical Humanities at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Dr. Lee begins by sharing a general description of children with medical complexity. Children with medical complexity are children who have multiple significant chronic health problems. These issues usually affect more than one organ system. Because of these issues, the children typically have functional limitations, they have high health care needs and health care utilization, and they often have some dependence on medical technology. She tells us many have both physical and cognitive conditions. Many do. Many have involvement that, because of the multi-organ system involvement, it affects their brain and other organ systems. So many do have both. What are some of the specific physical and cognitive health issues typical of children with medical complexity? We see 
a lot of children with abnormalities in their muscle tone, such as cerebral palsy, where they have tight muscles, spasticity, or dystonia. We see children who have chronic breathing problems, where they need support for their breathing. We see children with feeding difficulties, some of whom need feeding tubes and are unable to eat by mouth. We see a lot of children with seizure disorders and children who are born with congenital heart disease. So those are some of the common things that we see often leading to additional significant functional limitations. We often see children who have impaired mobility, so they're not able to sit and stand and walk on their own. Many of these children use wheelchairs. We see quite a few children who are unable to eat by mouth, so they require feeding tubes to get their nutrition. We see many children with communication impairments, so children who aren't able to either speak or use sign language and aren't able to communicate in more typical ways. And we see children with overall limitations in the way they're able to interact with their environment, you know, play with toys, do schoolwork, that type of thing. What causes children to be born with medical complexity? One of the main causes is a variety of genetic conditions, some diagnosed and some suspected, but not specifically diagnosed. We also see a large number of children who are born premature and have complications from prematurity. And then we see a fair number of children who have sustained a brain injury after birth, so a brain injury due to a lack of oxygen or a lack of blood flow. And she adds, many of the congenital causes are the result of some very rare diseases. Yes, we do see children who either have diagnosed very rare diseases, where we're talking about maybe 10 or 15 known cases in the world, and we have a fair number of children that we follow in the complex care program who are undiagnosed, who have a rare constellation of symptoms where people suspect that it is because of a single disorder, but they have not yet diagnosed that. But despite the challenges children with medical complexity face, Dr. Lee believes quality of life is still attainable for them. When most people think about quality of life, people say, oh, if I couldn't live on my own, if I couldn't take care of myself, I wouldn't want to live, or if I couldn't do my work, I wouldn't be happy. For children with medical complexity and with disability, it's very different. What matters most for their quality of life comes down to three main factors. One is minimizing intrusive symptoms, pain, nausea, and feeding intolerance, sleeplessness. The second thing is having meaningful relationships with family, friends, pets, classmates. And the third thing is having interesting and enjoyable activities that they can participate in. And if those three things can be achieved, I think these children really can have good quality of life. However, outcomes can and do vary. They are a highly variable population. So when I'm talking about children with medical complexity, it's very few children, so about 1% of children out there meet these criteria. And the things that lead to their complexity and then their environment and any complications that arise result in a really heterogeneous population and a very variable outcome. Next, Dr. Lee shares the challenges of healthcare professionals in providing care for children with medical complexity. Because 
because of the nature of their complicated complexity, there are many who are involved in their care. Most of these patients have a primary pediatrician or family practitioner, and then they also have specialty care providers to deal with different organ systems nurses in the school, sometimes home care nurses, certainly nurses when they're in the hospital, respiratory therapists, pharmacists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists. So there's really a big team of people for each child. With a team that big, you can probably guess one of the biggest challenges. Having high quality communication between all of those care providers is really a big challenge. Just making sure that everybody is working from the same plan and has the same information is really a hard thing. Communication can also be a major challenge between healthcare providers and patients. Because they often don't communicate in a typical way, and because they have unusual conditions, it's challenging sometimes to figure out what's going on with them. They don't present the same way their typical sibling might present, or they might not have the same symptoms that are easily recognizable as being caused by a certain thing. And between healthcare providers and parents or families. One of the big challenges, especially when you're dealing with children who have so many clinicians on their team, is the families just knowing who to talk to. You know, who do they call with this issue? Who do they call with this other issue? So that's a big one. I think they also face a challenge sometimes of being taken seriously. When families come with concerns that perhaps they're not able to articulate in a typical medical way, sometimes they get dismissed or get misunderstood. I think they also are challenged with needing to repeat information often just because there are so many layers that they need to go through in order to sometimes get the care that they need. And just having to repeat what is often a complex story over and over and over is pretty tedious. There's other challenges for healthcare workers when it comes to children with medical complexity, including the lack of home support that we have. We have children who are really receiving ICU-level technological care at home, and we don't have the support for those families. We don't have enough nurses to go in and help in the home. We don't have respite care. And so I think while technology is wonderful and many times these children's lives depend on it, the expectation is that the family is going to manage that technology, and that is really a challenge. Parents of the children have challenges that extend outside of their home as well. For parents, their challenges extend not only from the home but to the workplace. Parents are trying to have a job and have a career and provide for their families, and so getting the flexibility they need in the workplace. And then, you know, hopefully the child is part of a community and going to school and going to community events. So parents being able to trust the caregivers in those environments and trust that those caregivers have the tools and the information they need to provide good care for that child, that's a challenge. Despite these challenges, Dr. Lee says healthcare is mostly equipped for meeting needs of children with medical complexity. We're actually doing, I think, a pretty good job. The healthcare system does have a lot of expertise, has a lot of resources available to help these children. I think there are still areas where we can improve and certainly communication and having strategies to use you know, the electronic health record more effectively to communicate the details for these children I think is an important area. 
communication is a big challenge, even when you're all within the same health system. But a lot of times we also work with children who have providers in different health systems or providers at home or in the community or at the school. But overall, I think I think we're doing okay. But where there may be shortcomings, she and others are... ...involved in some really exciting research. And we're partnering with psychologists from both UWM and Marquette and Rosalind Franklin. And we are really looking at models of care delivery. You know, how do we, as a health system, better meet the needs of these children and families? What matters to families? You know, what can we really do to make caring for their child a little bit easier? And then also working to advocate for better community and home support, which I think is a huge need. And parents have told us it's a huge need for them. Plus additional research. To recognize and then help provide support for mental health challenges amongst the care providers. You know, their lives are very stressful. And not only do they oftentimes not have access to mental health support, they don't have time. You know, they're busy taking care of their child. They don't have time to take care of themselves and go out and get the help they need. So looking at what can we do as a healthcare system to really improve overall the way that families are able to care for their children. And Dr. Lee has both professional and personal interest in all of this research, as we discover next. Now with background on the significant challenges faced by children with medical complexity, their caregivers, and their families, we hear from a parent to gain her insights. Meet Jane, who introduces us to her daughter, Josephine. Josephine is 16. She is a junior in high school. And the biggest thing I can say about her is she is so funny. She has got just the most marvelous sense of humor, very mischievous. She likes to cause trouble. She likes to make people laugh. And she's so vibrant and feisty and engaging. And she does all this from a very disabled body. Does Jane sound familiar? That's because we just heard from her. Jane is Dr. K. Jane Lee. But, as we'll soon learn, her professional expertise in providing critical care to other parents' children did not, could not, prepare her for the personal role as mother of a child with medical complexity. Jane elaborates on her daughter Josephine's specific condition. She has dystonic cerebral palsy, so she has a lot of involuntary and uncontrolled movements of her body. She has difficulty making voluntary intentional movements. So she doesn't sit or stand or walk. She uses a wheelchair. She doesn't talk, but she communicates using an eye gaze activated communication device. And she is just a joy. She's a really fun kid. Don't think even for one second that Josephine lets physical limitations stand in the way of her hobbies and interests. She loves music, and she loves dogs, and she loves being outside. So her biggest hobby is whenever it's warm enough out and whenever we can find them, we go to outdoor concerts, concerts in the park, and she just loves to watch the people and look for any dogs that might happen past and enjoy the music. And we spend much of our summer scoping out 
concerts in the park. To better understand how Dr. Lee went from pediatrician to a parent caring for her own child with medical complexity, she takes us back to before Josephine was born. I was working as a pediatric critical care physician in the pediatric ICU. My husband was an emergency medicine physician, and we had one child. We had a two-year-old son, Oliver. We expected a second child, and we would just keep trucking on along. But life doesn't always go as planned, and the circumstances of Josephine's delivery at birth certainly didn't go as planned. Oliver had been born by C-section due to a breech presentation. With Josephine's birth, my intention was to do a trial of labor after a cesarean, and during the course of labor, my uterus ruptured. The unexpected rupture led to a cascade of devastating, critical developments. Josephine did not get adequate blood flow or oxygen for a period of time during the delivery, and she sustained a brain injury because of that. Were there any warning signs, any concerns, any complications during Jane's pregnancy? No. Things were going very smoothly up until the day of delivery. But on that day, things didn't unfold as planned. And Jane says, gradually, the reality of Josephine's condition and the significant impact it would have came into focus. It was kind of surreal, and I was really not processing that things were as serious as they were until afterwards. And then when it became clear that, yes, she had had a significant brain injury, then, you know, I, I just envisioned a life of suffering, a life of suffering for her and for all of us. And I just knew that, that our lives would never be the same again. In the days that followed, Jane discovered that not even being a critical care pediatrician could have prepared her for this. It was really hard. I really struggled in the beginning. And part of it was because as a physician caring for children who had had brain injuries, I had a very skewed view of what their lives were like. You know, I only cared for them in the ICU when they were critically ill and not doing well. And I envisioned that that's what Josephine's life was going to be like and what our family's life was going to be like, spending our lives in the hospital caring for a child who was always sick, always struggling. But in the weeks and months that followed, she knew she had to somehow come to a level of acceptance. We really had no choice, though, at the beginning other than to just carry on. So we did. We brought her home and we took care of her and we did tasks that needed to be done to provide her medical care. And we didn't really know how she was going to be and how our lives were going to be. While this uncertainty was indeed challenging, even more challenging was another struggle. I was not able to bond with her. And part of it was, you know, when she came home, she was really minimally responsive She did less than a typical newborn does, which is not very much, right? I mean, she didn't look at us. She didn't respond to sounds. She didn't move her body. There was really minimal facial expression. And I I didn't know how to interact with her. I didn't know how to bond with her. 
because her extensive training as a doctor didn't prepare her for this as a mother. None of my medical training really helped. And so I really struggled. And then I felt guilty that I was struggling and that I didn't know how to do this. And I felt like I wasn't being a good mom to her. And I didn't know how to change that. In fact, Jane says not only did being a pediatrician not help her. I think it actually worked against me. I think it actually hurt me because my previous experience with these children had always been clinical and somewhat, I guess, detached. And so bringing that baggage into the relationship with Josephine, I just had so little hope that she would have a good experience and a good life. I think I might have been better off coming to it with a blank slate and not coming to it with all that history. But that was then. Today, Jane has peace and reconciliation between her personal role as a mother. Josephine and I together developed a relationship. As she matured, she developed some ability to interact and respond to me. I learned over time how to interpret her cues and how to respond to her. And as our relationship grew and as I could see how good her life could be, that helped me find my peace. And her professional role as a pediatrician. Once we together built that relationship and I could see her and see her life in a different light, I think that then allowed me to also see my patients in a different light and see their lives and their relationships with their world differently and in a much more positive and much more holistic way. Which means Josephine's medical complexity has made Jane better when it comes to being mom. I have learned to be more accepting of my children's individuality. I'm just much more aware that it's not my life, it's their life, and I have to play my role to make sure that their life is as good for them as it can be. That shift in perspective has been helpful and wonderful. Or being Dr. K. Jane Lee. I am much more likely now to believe and trust what parents are telling me, that what they are seeing is right. A lot of clinicians approach parental reports with some skepticism, and I have a lot less skepticism now. I know the full picture is not always what the clinician sees. And now she's also author Dr. K. Jane Lee. She's written a book titled Catastrophic Rupture, a Memoir of Healing. One of the physicians referred to my uterine rupture as a catastrophic rupture. That phrase, that term, was just so striking to me because at that time, I really felt my whole life, my whole family, everything had been catastrophically ruptured, and I didn't know how we were going to come through this. However, as the rest of her book title states, Jane's book is a memoir of healing. And over time, we did. We healed. And the title reflects that event that tore everything apart and how we made our way through it. While writing the book helped her, Jane wrote it in hopes it also helps others, including helping other parents. I struggled so much in those early years, accepting Josine and loving her and bonding with her and felt so alone in my struggle. I wanted to let other parents who might be struggling know that they're not alone.
other people go through this too. Other people have a hard time with it too. And there is hope. And helping other doctors. I've profoundly changed. And I wanted to change other clinicians' perspectives. And actually, not just clinicians, other people who interact with children with medical complexity or children with disabilities. I wanted to help them see people like Josephine the way I now see her. Jane's book is truly soul-bearing. Was it a difficult decision to share her experience? It was surprisingly not difficult. I am a pretty private person, but I was so motivated to get my story out there because I really felt like it could change people and really do some good. And once I decided to put the story out there, I knew I had to do it 100%. I knew I couldn't hold anything back. I needed to put it all out there. And the process of writing was so therapeutic. Therapeutic in what way? To think about all those hard times and think about how was I feeling and why did I feel that way and how did I come through it? And really to reflect on that was so incredibly therapeutic. I'm very glad that it is touching other people, but the process itself was also so important for my mental health. Thought-provoking, vulnerable, and emotionally gripping are just some of the words others have used to describe catastrophic rupture, making Jane feel... So grateful. So grateful that I am touching people and that I'm reaching people and that hopefully our story can really make a difference which is what I hoped. So it's so gratifying to hear that and to read responses from people that I'm getting through. All in this beautiful book about a mother and a daughter and... Learning to see and value the whole person. In an excerpt from her book, Jane describes her final shift in perspective. I began to see that the tangible things that I had been wishing for were really just means to an end. My hopes for functional gains in motor skills, such as using a gait trainer or a power wheelchair, communication skills, such as using her eye gaze device, and social skills, such as enjoying typical family outings or making typical friends, were all merely building blocks toward my real dream for her. I realized my real hopes for Josephine are that she feels loved, deeply, fiercely loved, that she feels valued and respected and known, that she feels fulfillment and contentment with her life. I want Josephine to be at peace with who she is. I realized that none of those things are dependent on specific abilities or disabilities. They are dependent on who she is as a person and how we treat her as a person. And when that thought arrived, I found my peace. If you're interested in reading it yourself, Catastrophic Rupture is... Published by local Wisconsin-based 1016 Press. It can be obtained through their office. Um, It's also available on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble. 1016 Press publisher Shannon Ishizaki tells us Jane has... Such a beautiful way of writing. And when I first met Dr. Lee, one of the first questions I asked was, how did you learn to write so well? She describes catastrophic rupture as... Educational, inspirational, and it's a page-turner. It's something that you can sit and read and learn instantly. And calls it an important book because... People write memoirs to not only share their story, but to help impact other people and to find community in that situation. People within the community can read and relate and feel not so alone. Although once challenging, Jane describes her bond with Josephine today as... Wonderful. We have a very close bond. 
and she has really strong relationships with a lot of our family and close relationships with some people at school, and I love it. It's a great bond. Is it challenging to see Josephine as a mother versus a pediatrician? It's not. Not now. Nope. I'm first and foremost mom. As a mother, Jane wants other parents of children with medical complexity to know... There will be moments of great joy. Hold on to those moments. It is very possible to have a rewarding and meaningful life while having medical complexity and disability. As a pediatrician, she wants parents to know... No matter how much you love your child, it's hard. But I want parents to know that pediatricians are working on making that better. We're never going to make it easy, but less hard. And when it comes to Josephine, she wants everyone to know... Josephine is severely and permanently disabled, and she thoroughly enjoys her life. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. Take it from a mom and a doctor. That brings us to the end for this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. As always, thanks to all of our guests for appearing on today's show. Pediatrician and mother, Dr. K. Jane Lee and publisher Shannon Ishizaki. I hope you've discovered something by listening to today's show, and I'm doubly hopeful that you'll join us again next time. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month. Make an appointment on your calendar and join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Belmer, wishing you happier, healthier days ahead. For more information about research or to listen to the podcast of this or any of our shows on demand, please visit our website at ctsi.mcw.edu. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, produced, and hosted by Brian Belmer in collaboration with WMSE Radio. The CTSI and this program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.